Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the highest-rated Denver Nuggets podcast among those whose host is not speaking in his native tongue. Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. My name is Miroslav Cuk, and I will be your guide through the maze of memories this past week has created in the Nuggetsverse. First, the NBA champions hosted the Milwaukee Bucks, welcoming their favorite opposing coach, Dr. Glenn Rivers, who was debuting on his new team, getting ready to spend another $40 million guaranteed by his new employers. Kudos to Yanis for not ducking this game. I guess playing at altitude is possible, even for MVP candidates. It was a good game. Jokic was Jokicing, a triple-double in three quarters. Jamal was on fire, 35 points on great efficiency. Aaron Gordon, KCP, and Peyton Watson were amazing on defense. And I have to admit, I was super comfortable in the clutch in this game. Denver just has tops in them, number one clutch defense paired with 118 offensive rating in the clutch too. My favorite detail, though, were Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray hunting switches against Dame Lillard. Yeah, not sure there's a coach that can save the Bucks from that. After that, there was a game in the infamous Chase Center in San Francisco, and again, a high-profile player got injured. Jonathan Kuminga fell on Joel Embiid's leg, and Joel had to leave the game. His knee suffered a meniscus-related injury, and it is unclear how it will be treated and what is the timeline for his recovery. This event will most probably prevent the Sixers superstar from com- competing for the MVP, and that is okay. Nobody in Philadelphia should be mad about the 65-game limit. The MVP should not be the ultimate goal. But in case it will make somebody's day better, here... I take full responsibility for Joel's injury. It is obvious he got injured because I was making some jokes about him online. I apologize. Speedy recovery, big guy. After that, the Nuggets traveled to OKC. Nikola Jokic missed that game. He ducked Chet Holmgren. The Thunder was missing J-Dub, and it was a great game. Well, maybe not great, but exciting and tough. The Nuggets started strong. Home team responded. It was a neck-and-neck battle, and some bad late-game execution costed the Nuggets this game. Great defense most of the game, but pretty pedestrian offense without the best player in the world. At last, the Nuggets hosted the Jeremy Grant's Trailblazers. 
Nikola returned to the lineup, and this was one of those games where you can see 10 guys on the court, but one of them seems to be of other species. Just incredible domination by him, another triple-double, this time with 22 rebounds, and this was, this was a big one for me since it was just Nikola's third uh, triple-double against Portland in 30 regular season games. Other than him, we've seen some great roles from Aaron Gordon, KCP, Reggie Jackson, and especially Peyton Watson. Jamal and MPJ, on the other hand, did make six threes, but on 25 combined attempts. That, that looked rough and kept the Blazers in the game for way too long. Win is what counts. On to the next one. Okay, that's enough of my big giant head on the screen. It is time to bring in some help. First, a guy that loves movies and the Denver Nuggets. He is a sales guy by day, but one of my favorite Nikola Jokic numbers guys by night. He also introduced me to one of the best trade machines out there from Fanspo, and we are going to use that one heavily later today. Welcome to the re returning offender, Jordan Scott. What's up, Jordan? Hey, not too much. Thanks for having me. Um is it is it a slow Saturday for you or or is it upbeat? Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty relaxed. We've got like six inches of snow still coming down on us, so oh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> we, we are already in the springtime in Serbia, man. I don't know if winter is ever gonna come back. It will probably <laughs> at at some point, but right now we're we're experiencing some really nice weather, like like sixty degrees, if I calculated the Fahrenheit's. Right. Okay. So, first of all, tell me, how do you feel about this particular part of the season, two weeks before All-Star break and close to the trade deadline? You know, that time when the teams deal with a lot of injuries and having players that are ineligible to play because they just arrived after a trade. So, basically, bad, bad games. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, it's you, you don't always get bad games. You just can't really take anything from the games you get just because there's, for one, guys are tired. Like, they're they're ready for a break by this point in the season. And I, Like you said, guys are injured or they're trading guys, so half the team can't play. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's It's been dragging for me a bit, to be completely honest, but, but we'll get through it. The, next week is going to be uh, super filled with, you know, Vodge bombs and shams, whatever you call those. So it, it's going to be interesting. And uh, one of the things we want to talk about today, or at least I want to talk about, maybe I'm forcing you into it, <laughs> is possible <laughs> trades, the trade destinations for some Nuggets players and possible players that could come come into the mile high. But before that, let's let's talk about the the game that that's just uh, the week that just happened so we've had a great win in boston last week and this week we mm -hmm. got a fully loaded bucks team in denver it was a fairly close game but nicola did his thing he does very often against milwaukee recorded a triple double and a win for his team now jordan did you know that milwaukee is the team Jokic records a triple double against on two out of five occasions like I made this this small graphic, and uh, it's crazy. So 120 regular season triple doubles, six of them against Milwaukee. That's 40 percent. The most he has actually against New Orleans Pelicans, 10 
but on 29 occasions, those that's 34%. And may I remind you, this is so 19% of his games end up in a triple double, and this includes you know his rookie season and his sophomore mm-hmm. season. It's like I didn't like filter out the last you know four seasons and, and get these yeah. numbers are gonna are gonna get higher but by the end of his career. Do you have a favorite team Jokic play against, you know, having uh, seen this kind of table? Well, it's got to be Milwaukee. Like, there's been some big triple-doubles against Milwaukee, um, including the fastest, and I think his first was against Milwaukee. And the first one, yeah, and the first one, too. Yeah, yeah. so, like, those are, like, the two big ones. Like, if you were to, like, name, like, two of his triple-doubles, those would probably be, you know, you know, probably top three at least, with maybe the uh, the seven is the other. But yeah, I I, I don't uh, take into account the Eastern Conference teams he plays rarely against. So there's a big mm-hmm. percentage, I would say, of his early games against them. But Portland and Dallas at ten and eleven percent, you know that that feels kind of kind of low. So I really hope he will, he will improve on that uh, soon. So mm-hmm. so. Come on, Nicola. Do do as a solid. So, um, what was your biggest takeaway from from the Bucks game? Um, if you remember, it's still the Nuggets. Yeah, the the Nuggets are still the Nuggets. Like they're still the team we know they are. They're just, I mean, they didn't even shoot well in that game. I don't think. But that's right. No, that's they were true. four of eighteen from three, and they won that game. Like they they didn't even play their best, and they still beat uh, one of the best teams. I don't know what's so. crazier, four or eighteen. Like, uh, are we in the nineties <laughs> again? Like, wh- what's going on? <laughs> well, well, they took a bunch early too, and then like they weren't hitting, so it just seemed like they're like, okay, let's just go score, and yeah, it worked. So we we can score inside. So it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah, how how do you feel yeah, about Milwaukee? From... How do you feel about Milwaukee um, after this game? I think Milwaukee is a very good team that I think has the fatal flaw of a no perimeter defense, basically. Like they might skate by some teams just on the power of an offense, but that gets tougher come playoff times. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what the they they need to improve their backcourt significantly on defense, and I'm just not sure that that's going to happen. I mean, Atlanta tried with with uh, um, with uh, Dejounte Murray, and Dejounte suddenly turned into a much worse defender next to Trey Young. So, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of a you know connected uh, <laughs> pieces on the court that that make people look yeah, better yeah. or worse. You know, at the beginning of the season, I saw uh, some report from uh, an Adrian Griffin press conference where he mentioned Malik Beasley as a guy they're going to send on their best player of the opposing team. And I yeah. I think most Nuggets fans just kind of shook their Chuckles. heads at that and said, uh-oh. <laughs> so, I mean, Malik yeah, is uh, fine if he's playing next to like Drew Holiday. He would probably be a pretty good defender, but yeah, next to Dave. Well, he's that's got good length rough. and stuff, just no discipline. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, let's let's fast forward through the through the following two games. So, in a game versus Portland, uh, okay, first okay, see, it was interesting mostly because we got to see what those eight minutes per game of Jokic-less basketball in the playoffs could look like. Peyton Watson mm-hmm. slided in for Nicola, so we got Aaron Gordon at the five, MPJ and Peyton playing the forwards. 
that looked insanely good on defense. Is there mm-hmm. any other takeaways for you from that game? I mean, that's kind of the weird game like we talked about for this time of year. We're just it's hard to take a lot out of it. Both teams had guys missing. I mean, I think the non-Jokic minutes should be good defensive minutes. Um, we've seen that a lot this year, but I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, they also didn't shoot that well in that game either. So um, I don't, it's just tough to take anything away from weird games like that where guys miss. But I, it feels like our defense can keep us in games. So. Yeah, my main main takeaway there was that Michael Malone re- really tried to win that game, and and kudos to him mm-hmm. for that because you know he he is he, he is not a not a, a guy that will just uh, fall down because he's missing his his superstars. So kudos to him, and and I think I think the Nuggets looked really good for like forty four minutes of that game. It was mm-hmm. kind of a dodgy end end game, but that's not something we plan on on playing without Nicolas, so that's that's fine. Okay, the game versus Portland, another triple-double from the big guy, but abysmal shooting from Porter and especially Jamal. We've talked and talked about Jamal getting up only for the big games, but what is going on with Mike's shot recently? He is 12 of 39, that's less than 31% in the last six games from beyond, beyond the arc. Is it just this part of season or are you maybe nervous a bit? I mean, I mean, it could be, you could just be tired. His legs are running out on him right now and he needs the all-star break to recoup. I mean, it could be, I don't know. Shooters go through slumps. Like it, it does happen. Um, feels like we've had a number of games where a few of our guys have had, had slumps. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not too concerned. It's like when people were questioning his shot after the finals and he said, Oh, I'll just fix it. It's fine. Like I, he's a good enough shooter. I think he'll get there. So I'm not too concerned. Yeah, I believe Mike needs to be in a good physical uh, state to to be a, a dead eye shooter, and and I hope that uh, the All Star break will will help him heal whatever well, is ailing him. Well, he was sick for a while too. Like I think he hit the injury report True. with an illness True. for a little bit. So that might be it too. But. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. It it can mess up the, the legs. So in this game, Jamal attempted 15 three-pointers. Like the whole team against Milwaukee t- took 14, and Jamal had 15 here, and that's the most he ever shot from the outside uh of the uh, uh from the outside in his regular season career and ties his biggest attempts um uh, in a game. He actually shot nine of fifteen in that Utah series in the bubbles, in the bubble when he scored mm-hmm. fifty in a loss. Is this a good sign that Jamal is willing to fire at will, or is it a bad sign? Meaning he'll shoot threes so he doesn't have to dribble into the paint like I do when I'm exhausted at the end of my Saturday's pick pickup game. I think what that was is that they were playing Portland and he realized he could take that many shots, then they would still be fine. And he was just going to shoot him, try to shoot himself out of a slump. And <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, he also almost had a triple double in the game, so it's not like he didn't that's, that's contribute other ways. <laughs> okay. We have already some ideas pitching in for the, for the trades. Uh, so let's, let's take one short break, bring in another guest, and then we'll, we'll start uh, with the trade deadline talk. Don't go anywhere. 
Okay, second segment. I wanted to talk today about the trade deadline from the Nuggets perspective. And since I really try not to spread misinformation on this show, I decided to call the biggest expert I know for the NBA collective bargaining agreement, which is a fancy name for something we all call the CBA. So he can tell us what the Nuggets can and what the Nuggets can't do in the week in front of us. He is the NBA data analyst working at Stats Perform. It's Jake Coyne, aka Bronco Squatch. Welcome to the show, Jake. Hey guys, uh, that was high praise, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, kind of crazy how quick this week came up on us, so it's been pretty quiet. Maybe we'll see some fireworks, if not from the Nuggets, from somebody this week. So, <laughs> so from your uh, point of view uh, is the trade deadline a more busy time of the year for you or is it just you know the regular week as as all all the others yeah that's a good question um i mean for what i'm doing right now currently um we're less involved in like team operations and things uh so the trade deadline isn't uh make work any more or less busy really um but uh, you know, I did take over our our NBA research this season, so uh, this season has been busy overall. Um, but obviously, with players moving and everything, it'll it'll make it inevitably more busy, uh, even if we're not, you know, directly involved with like deadline stuff. So, okay, so the prevailing sentiment around the Nuggets before this trade deadline is that. They're going to be pretty quiet and may, maybe making a deal on the fringe of rotation, if even that. Uh, Jake, please tell me, what are the limitations the Nuggets will work under in the days in front of us? Like, yeah. what can they do? Yeah, so I'd say there's two main categories of limitations that the Nuggets are looking at. Um, the first one is really just lack of assets. Um, and that really comes down to first-round picks, uh, the Nuggets won't be trading one this week. Uh, they'll have to wait until the offseason if they're wanting to move a first-round pick. Uh, so don't expect to see that this week. Um, and then in, in addition to the asset issue, uh, there's also just kind of the um, salary matching issue that the Nuggets have. Uh, they don't have like, you know, if you look at like the Clippers roster or maybe the Sixers roster, they have kind of a lot of middle-of-the-ground salaries that they can kind of play around with. Uh, can build certain trades with the Nuggets. It's a lot more difficult uh, just because they're a lot more top heavy and then they have a lot more lower end salaries as well. Um, Zeke is a unique situation that I'm sure we'll dig into. His contract contains a certain clause in it. I guess you could say currently that makes trading him kind of hard, but he is the one guy that's sort of in the middle that they might consider moving because uh, I doubt they'll move KCP, who's who's kind of that other middle of the ground salary right now. So you you mentioned uh, Zeke Naji, and you know when he signed that extension at the beginning of the season, people were talking like, okay, so he's not tradable tradable this season, but that's not true. It's what are the difficulties about trading him during this season? Yeah, so when a player on a rookie contract signs an extension, um, which means they sign the deal before their current one is up. So Zeke is still on his rookie deal until the end of this year, but he has that extension behind it. What that triggers is something called a poison pill, 
Um, historically in the NBA, we haven't seen guys with that be moved. And the reason for that is uh, his outgoing salary. So his salary for the Nuggets is his current year salary, uh, which is about $4.3 million. And then for whatever team is getting Zeke, it is the average of his current year salary and his extension. So in Zeke's case, uh, that would be about $7.2 million. And so, you know, typically you haven't seen these guys get moved. Um, but I think part of the reason is that rookie extensions have historically been less common when a player isn't getting like a max, for example, or getting paid quite a bit. And so when you have a player that's getting paid quite a bit on that back end, that poison pill becomes really hard to move because of the difference in outgoing or income. Uh, with Zeke specifically, it's not as big of an issue because we're only talking about 2.9 million in difference. And especially under this new CBA, I think it makes the player movement a lot more fluid. Uh, so for teams that are under that first tax apron, so if their entire team salary is under a certain mark, they can uh, obtain more salary for what they're giving out. So historically, you've seen a lot of things like 125% matching, 150. Um, but it's a little different under this new CBA, what teams can get for what they're sending out. And I think we'll see more guys on poison pills get moved um, than we have in, in the past. And we'll see if that changes this year. So basically, if a team wants to trade for Zeke, they need to be under the salary cap. So they have space to get more millions of dollars uh, than what they're uh, giving back to the Nuggets, basically, or maybe including a third team that will help the, the cash flow, let's call it like that, Yeah, uh, be possible. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's a little bit of a case-by-case thing. Uh, if a team's under the salary cap, that obviously would make it easy to do. Uh, if a team has a traded player exception, which is uh, a salary exception where you can absorb salary without sending a certain amount out, that makes it easy. Uh, but then the other thing is teams that are under that first tax apron right now, which is a majority of teams in the NBA, um, if they were to send out a guy making $5 million, for example, um, they could get back a guy making a little over 10 million uh, because right now it's a 200% match plus 250K if you're sending out a salary up to about seven and a half million. And so that makes it kind of easy for Zeke, for example, because if a team were to trade a guy making four and a half, they could trade that guy to Denver. Denver could send Zeke back and it works money-wise. Uh, so in the past, that might not have been the case, but with these new salary matching rules, there is some flexibility in there. And so, you know, like I said, even if Denver isn't super active this week, I do think these new rules will see a lot more fluidity uh, and movement. You mentioned the, the traded players. Exceptions. The Nuggets have a couple of them right now available. Can they use them at all at this point in time, uh, at this trade deadline? Yeah, so I think, I mean, they can use them. So they do, their biggest one is from the Bones Highland deal. It's about $2 million. 
um, and it'll expire if they don't use it by this trade deadline. Uh, the bigger thing with those is that they can't be combined. And so you only have to look at the one. So you can bring back a player making about $2 million in that Bones Highland one. Um, but that would be the maximum amount. And then you also have to take into account that the Nuggets roster is full right now. Yeah. And so if they were to just absorb a contract, they would need to get rid of somebody. And so that also brings mm -hmm. in a little bit of difficulty there. Um, but yeah, certainly they can use it. If they did a bigger deal, you could certainly use a see a TPE be used in that just to kind of make the math work. Um, but yeah, there's guys we'll talk about that that Denver could get that would fit into that TPE uh, if they have an open roster spot. Yeah, the, the other traded player exception is like $1 million and that's for a very, very limited number of, of guys that can fit into it, right? Yeah, that one would be pretty difficult to use. Um, you'd be talking about maybe like a, another team's version of like a Jalen Pickett. You know, that type of contract might be what you could get back, but... Uh, yeah, that one I would guess. I would guess both of them go unused, but for sure that smaller one. Yeah, just one more question in this kind of a dry part of this show, but we need to explain the basics before we can start chucking the fake trades left and right. So, right after the the trade deadline, there will be the period of time when guys are gonna be able to be signed on. A, on a buyout, on uh, after a buyout, what are the limitations the Nuggets are, are facing mm -hmm. there? You know, except uh, needing to to get one uh, roster spot free. Yeah, so teams that are over the first tax apron, uh, which includes Denver and several other teams, uh, they can only get guys on the buyout market who make less than the non-taxpayer mid-level exception which is about 12.4 million. So I don't know. I, we saw some rumors a while back that Gordon Hayward might get bought out. Denver can't get Gordon Hayward if he gets bought out. Um, players like that, definitely not. Um, but there are certain players that, you know, I could see getting bought out that Denver could potentially have a shot at. Um, DeLon Wright from Washington, maybe someone moved for him in a trade. If not, I think he gets bought out. Um, but yeah, several examples of players like that making under 12.4 million that Denver could sign if they open up a roster spot. Oh, there are some guys. There are some interesting guys, even under 12.4. And uh, we'll get into the into those uh, pretty soon. Let's take one short break, and then we can we can start with the with the funnest part of this show. Don't go anywhere. Okay, segment three, let's fake some trades or let's make some fake trades. I, I don't know what's the right phrase. It's my second language. So Jordan and I are going to present to Jake some of our ideas and feel, please feel free to mock us if they are bad and give us your probably more realistic solutions. So let's start with uh, some guards, wings and smaller forwards. Oh, yeah, of course, I have the presentation ready for this one. So first, this is this is my my idea, and it's a trade for Kendrick Williams from, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, he's a guy that has a four-years contract with Oklahoma at $6 million. My idea was to trade Zeke Nagy, Vlatko Chancer, and three second-round picks 
for Kenrich because I'm guessing they like Kenrich more than Zeke, so they need to get some hefty compensation for this. What do you think, Jordan, about this kind of trade? Is it too much for Kenrich? I mean, probably, but it's also probably what it would take. So I, I don't. It's one of those no-win situations, I think. So, yeah. The, the, Jake, so, do you have any any I, notes? Oh, sorry. Wait. No, I was just saying I love Kendrick Williams, so I would love to have him, but I just don't see them giving him up. He's on too cheap of a deal. Well, let me ask both of you guys what what type of role do you think Kenrich would play in Denver, especially in the playoffs? Maybe something similar to to Jeff Green last year. It's like it's. Yeah. I'm just searching for a, for a kind of a beefy guy to 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 put potentially in the Nuggets uh, rotation for playoffs. Problem here Maybe is not for too every good. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing with Kenrich is is his role is reduced this year. Um, I think he's hovering around 15 minutes a game. Last year, I know he was above 20. And he is a guy that a lot of Nuggets fans have uh, been enthralled with in the past. Um, as far as your deal here, I do like the two players for one uh, opening a roster spot. I like that for Denver because of some of the guys who might be on the buyout market. Um, looking at this deal, I'd probably say it's a little light for OKC. Um when I think of Zeke Naji, I think it's probably going to take one or two second round picks just to offload his contract uh, by itself. So then you're talking about, you know, one to one and a half in a way, second rounders for Kenrich Williams, uh, along with uh, trading away Vlatko. Um, I'd say that's probably a little light just because Kenrich is still at least kind of in that rotation for OKC, um, but not too far off. Um I would say, I don't know if this is a guy you guys will talk about later, but one Thunder player who um, I've looked at for Denver is actually Trey Mann. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there was a lot of talk about, oh, the Nuggets should go get Jordan Clarkson. Uh, and I do get, the, I get the, uh, the idea behind that, but that's not really possible given what they can trade away. Um, and I also think Clarkson's probably a little too good for what they can trade away. And so Trey Mann, I think, is a little bit similar to Clarkson, where not the most efficient, but he can definitely light it up and give you some scoring. Uh, he is a guy that would probably come a little cheaper than Ken Rich, I would think. Um, and he was a, he would be a Thunder player I'd watch out for. But, but good bones of a deal there, I'd say. So uh, the Nuggets can trade up to, I think, five second round picks they have enough of those i believe to do it it's just that i think calvin Booth will just murder me for suggesting to lose five second round picks because he's, he's so good with those <laughs> i guess yeah, so what would be true. what would be the 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 frame of the trayman uh trade what would the nuggets need to give away yeah that trayman one um i would say you know, you could probably get away with something like, uh, what would I say? Because to match the salary, uh, you're going to have to give away one of your young guys or Zeke. 
And so probably the bones of a Trey Mann deal might have to involve like a Julian Strother, you know, and I know that would be hard for a lot of people to give up just because he's like this new thing. And especially for Calvin Booth, who I know believes in him, uh, that'd be difficult to do. Um, but I think you'd be getting a more um, playoff ready player in a way. And so, so it'd be hard to do, but I think you'd ha be having to give away someone like Strother. Yeah, that's that's tough. But you you cannot get good players unless you give away good players. So that's mm -hmm. that's that's the name of the game. Okay, let's move to the second trade we prepared, and this one is actually by Jordan, and it's oh, Alex Len from the from the Kings for Vlatko Chanchar. So Jordan. Yeah. Why do you think the Kings would do this? Well, and a lot of these I kind of forgot to look at picks. You'd probably have to throw out a pick to make this happen just because they're getting a yeah, guy sure. that's out this year. Yeah, uh, sure. But it's just, I mean, he's not, Alex Len's not really getting used. He's not, yeah. a, I mean, he's not a particularly like sought after guy right now, but he's solid. He's big. He's just a guy that Nuggets can use as an option at center. And frankly, backup center is still a big problem for the Nuggets, so. So, so do you think this is a solution more for the regular season or maybe potentially for the playoffs as well? Um, I mean, more for the regular season, but I'd probably feel more comfortable with Alex Len out there in the playoffs than DeAndre Jordan, if I'm honest. But again, that's largely just because I think he's going to do fewer things that will make us pull our hair out like DJ does sometimes. So, so Jake, do you have uh, any thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this type of deal, including this one, is is very realistic. I mean, it's not jumping off the page to anybody, and it's not a huge improvement. Um, I do think there's some concern about giving away Vlatko, uh, you know, especially for somebody who I'm not sure Alex Lynn would be a playoff player. Um, in fact, I'd probably say he wouldn't be would be my guess right now. And so you're kind of weighing, you know, do we want to give away Vlatko who has shown like some flashes here and there of maybe being able to play some minutes uh, for someone like Alex Len, who might not play in the playoffs and is probably gone after this year, you know, that's what you have to weigh. And so that's mm -hmm. the question the front office will have to ask themselves. But uh, I do think this deal is realistic. And I think there are similar deals like this. Um, maybe mm -hmm. not, doesn't even have to include black code, but similar deals where, you know, you're just doing a one for one, see if we can get some front court depth. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing we should uh, say right now is most of the guys we're going to talk about here are going to be two months rentals, three months rentals. Yep. It's like, you're not going to get a guy uh, on a good contract for, for three or four seasons. If, if, uh, if you're not giving a, uh, uh, away too much okay next trade uh this one is by me so xavier tillman of the memphis grizzlies who are i'm waiting for them to blow it blow it up or at least you know uh, get some of their guys off he is in his last season of his contract so maybe if they don't want to give him another one maybe they would take a second rounder and DeAndre Jordan. The only reason I, I use DeAndre Jordan here is because you don't really need three centers on, on your or four if you count Jay Huff. I mean, but I, I'm I'm guessing they they would probably uh 
lose the Andrew Jordan this kind of deal. What do you think, Jordan? Um, I don't know if that's worth it, honestly. Um, I think DeAndre Jordan is a big locker room presence, and I think losing him for a guy that, similar to what Jake said, may or may not play in the playoffs, it's tough, especially if you're having to give up a pick along with it. So, Yeah, so it's just that Vlatko is also important for the locker room, at least for the big guy. So I don't know. It's We, we are just uh, talking about parting with some guys we really like and we want them to be on the mm-hmm. Nuggets forever. Uh, what about you, Jake? Do, do you think a uh, trade for Xavier Tillman that includes either Tender Jordan or Vlatko Cancar would be a, a good idea? Yeah, so I like I like this one. Um, Xavier Tillman's one of just a handful of names that I picked out for the Nuggets that I said, oh, if they do a deal, maybe it'll be for this guy. Tillman is one. I think a second-round pick is the going value there. I don't think you need more. Um, And I think because Tillman fits in to the Nuggets trade exception from the Bones Highland deal, um, if they have an open roster spot from another deal, they could just absorb Tillman. Or you could also see, you know, maybe they give away like a Hunter Tyson or like a Jalen Pickett instead of DeAndre Jordan here. I don't know. I mean, it could be any of those. Maybe by doing Tyson or Pickett instead of one of these vet minimums, maybe that allows them to give away a less favorable second-round pick, something like that. But uh, but yeah, good overall deal here. Agree with the motivation. I think Tillman is more likely to be a playoff player than a lot of other centers mm-hmm. that Denver could get. So uh, yeah, I like it. Okay, let's move to the next one. And this is Dario Saric, my favorite player we are going to talk uh, about today. So he is also on the, his last season or his only season of contract with the Golden State Warriors. And I thought to offer the Warriors Vlatko Tancar and two second round picks because I think he's been probably their third best player this season. Or maybe that's a bit of a hyperbole, but definitely one of the best players in Golden State Warriors this season but if they if they see they're not going anywhere they might want to to get some assets for some guys that will probably not be uh, on their roster next season what do you think jordan yeah i honestly thought about him i just didn't think it was particularly realistic to get him so i didn't include him in any deals but i'd love to have him i mean i i think he'd be a solid fit for our bench, just a guy who knows how to play the game and could probably adapt pretty quick, which we saw isn't always the case, like last year with Thomas Bryant. So, yeah, yeah, it's tough. What, what, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, this is another one. I have to ask you both. Let's say theoretically they did do this deal, um, and they have a nine-man playoff rotation. What do you think that bench? rotation would look like would it include him would it not include him oh i i i believe dario could be a part of an eight-man rotation Hmm. like you have dario and you have peyton and you have oh this is difficult actually yeah you cannot i i don't know man it 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 honestly could be a rotation without reggie jackson completely Hmm. or just spot minutes for reggie jackson because you know, you, you can try to get away 
with some uh, minutes without real point guard on the court with with Nikola Jokic uh, uh, handling the business but yeah you're probably right he would m more probably be a part of a nine man rotation than a than an eight man rotation yeah so a lot I of think... what he would do I think sorry would be give him options with rotations in the playoffs like I think uh -huh. he could be part of a rotation but not necessarily be part of every rotation if they were to switch it up in a series or something yeah, maybe not in every series as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I kind of think when I look at it, I think your your value here is accurate. I think that's a fair deal for Saric. Um, if I'm sitting in the Nuggets position, if I'm going to give away multiple seconds, I think I want someone who I know is going to be able to hold up for 10, 15 minutes in like an eight or nine man rotation. Saric could be that guy. You know, I don't know for sure. You know, do they think there's too much overlap with Peyton Watson and they'd rather get someone bigger? I don't know. It could be. Um, so I think your value is accurate. I would probably say no personally to the deal just because if I'm going to send out a couple second round picks, I'll probably look for a different type of player, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's go on to the next one. Andre Drummond, like every year. He is he is a guy we've seen is these in these trades. Uh, I believe this one was, was made by me as well. So DeAndre Jordan, Hunter Tyson, both of them to make the money work, and then a second round pick, I guess. To to I I I believe this is just to sweeten the deal because of Hunter Tyson's four seasons. I'm not sure how how much how much Chicago would value Hunter Tyson. In this kind of deal, what do you think, Jordan? Um, I mean, I think Drummond would help a bit. I'm not sure how much, and I also don't know that he would play in the playoffs. So it does make it a little hard to swallow losing like a young guy and a pick. But I, he'd certainly be helpful. I think he'd give us more than DJ does right now. But Jake, yeah. So I think, I think uh, another one here where I think that's pretty fair value. So you guys are definitely doing a good job on, on the value here with Drummond specifically. I think the fact I'm only giving away one second for him and Tyson, um, I'd feel pretty decent about him playing 10 minutes in the playoffs against most teams, maybe not every team, but against most teams. And I don't know that he would price himself out of your range in free agency. You might be able to keep him around. Um, so for all those reasons, I, I think I would do this deal. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not sure how much Andre would play in the playoffs, but you know, if he helps you survive the regular season, some of the games without Nikola Jokic, maybe, and you know, have just a more reliable bench in general uh to to get a couple of extra wins that that could be very useful okay uh next one i did was trying to to find a guy nobody's talking about and it's trendon watford of the of the brooklyn nets he used to play for a couple of seasons for portland and had uh, pretty good minutes of the bench over there his uh, role reduced on the nets but what is interesting about him to me is he's in, of course in the last 
uh, year of his deal and he might just, you know, maybe the Nets just don't want to extend him to, to give him another contract. So they may maybe want to get a, a an asset uh, out of this. And I, I like Trendon because his per 36 minutes are pretty, pretty good. It's like 17 points, eight and a half rebounds and, and almost five assists per 36, which is pretty good for a, for a bench power forward. Jordan, do you have thoughts on, on this deal? Honestly, not a lot. Um, it, I mean, it's again, for, it's the type of guy we can Zeke actually and get. Second rounder, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's the type of guy we can actually get. Like that's reasonable that he would be available, but I, I don't have a lot to say other than, yeah, maybe. Um, I feel like at that value, I'd almost rather hold on to Zeke and see if we can use the bigger salary next year for something different. But What do you think, Jake? Yeah, so I think um, I can definitely see them doing something like this depending on their state of mind. And so what I mean by that is um, Denver at this point is probably going to be a second tax apron team next year. And that involves a lot of restrictions. And so a deal like this is kind of them maybe saying, hey, maybe we can get under that second apron. And so getting off of that Zeke contract for a second round pick, even if you're getting back a player that, um, you know, for all you know, might not even be here next year. uh, I could definitely see them doing that uh, just because you're, taking that trade off where you're saying, you know, maybe we're losing a little bit of value here, um, but we're going to be able to stay under that second apron next year. Um, But definitely Watford fits that kind of that mold that I think Calvin's going for a little bit of younger cost controlled guys behind all of our expensive, you know, title pieces. And so I think Watford definitely fits that bill. And so, Exactly like you said, Watford and players similar could definitely be something they end up going for. Yeah, and I I think that would be the 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 thing that would uh, uh, have the worst you know uh, sound among the the fans because you know who <laughs> Watford. Yeah, but but I agree with you that 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 could be an interesting guy to trade. For okay, let's let's take uh, one uh, last break and then we'll move into some uh, smaller guys. Don't go anywhere. Okay, so before the the beginning of the third segment, I said we were going to talk about some guards, wings, and smaller forward guys, but in fact, we did talk about the biggest guys on this list. So now we're going to talk about some smaller guys and uh, first guy. Uh, this is actually by, made by Jordan. So Houston mm-hmm. Rockets give away Jason Sean Tate and Bobby Marjanovic, a dream combination for me, to be honest. And <laughs> in the other direction goes Zeke Nazi and Vladko Chanchar. And I'm guessing some picks as well, right? Yeah, Kevin? yeah. You would have to have probably two picks, I would guess, at uh, seconds. Um, and really, that would still just depend on if the Rockets are ready to move on from Jay Sean Tate. Um, but uh, basically it gives them a couple of bigger guys that that's kind of a, they don't have a lot of depth at the front court among the younger guys. So it gives them some younger guys that can fill some of those roles. But um, 
I mean, Jay Sean Tate's a guy that I think a lot of Nuggets fans have been interested in for a while. And honestly, Boban thrown in there, it's just mainly just to uh, uh, make nice with uh, Jokic after trading away Vladko. So. so, Jake, is Jason Tate the kind of guy you would be willing to part with multiple uh, second rounders for? Yeah. Yeah, I do think so. Uh, so, Jay Sean is another one of those players on on my little list I have of guys that maybe I've circled that they could look at. Um, it's just like you said, um, you know, for the Rockets, Cam Whitmore is coming on really strong since January 1st. Um, they obviously have other draft picks that they're going to want to play. Tate makes a good little chunk of money for a guy that would just be sitting on your bench and not playing at all. So I could definitely see the motivation from them to move him. Um, I would definitely say, you know, two, two second rounders in here as kind of a, uh, a little bit of a favor for taking on the Zeke contract, especially for a team like Houston. Um, There are certain teams that I think would be more willing to take the Zeke deal um, and teams that are trying to make that jump into contention, I think would have a harder time with it. So Two second rounders might even be a little light for them. Uh, you might have to see what else you can throw in here. Um, but, but yeah, for sure, like this deal. Um, I definitely think that, you know, with Jock Landell hasn't performed as well as they would have wanted him to there. And he's on a contract that's like non-guaranteed after this year. So getting them another look at a front court guy could be something that they value a little bit. So I uh, definitely like it. Yeah, partisan Belgrade legend, Jock Landale. Okay, let's let's now move uh, into the next trade. And this is, again, from me. So Jalen McDaniels, the, the worst McDaniel uh, brother, uh, from Raptors uh, to the Nuggets for Zeke Naji and one second rounder. Jordan, do you like this this trade? I mean, I like Jalen McDaniels. Um, I didn't realize it till now, but Zeke Naji seems very much like a Raptors player. So um, maybe not the most skilled, but big and long and switchable. Like, it just seems like somebody they'd actually really like. So that might be reasonable. But um, I don't know. I feel like Jalen McDaniels would warrant more value than that. But it's hard to know where his market's at. Yeah, Jake, so Jalen has... Two more seasons on his rookie deal. Is is one second round pick enough to to get him from the Raptors, do you think? Yeah, uh I, I would think so. Um Jalen Jalen's really struggled this year. Um because of some work stuff, I tend to watch a majority of the Raptors games. And so uh I do know a good little bit about how he's playing and how he fits into that rotation and stuff. And uh, I think this deal makes sense. That contract from Jalen isn't like a great one. Um, I mean, it's, it's very small in value, but when you're talking about pushing up against tax aprons and stuff, it can become a little bit more problematic. So I think value wise, uh, uh, this works. Uh, It's really just a question of, you know, what can Denver do to bolster some front court depth if they're going to move Zeke Naji, who is front court depth for someone who's more like a wing? Okay, 
let's move on to the next one. This one is from Jordan. So Dwight Powell and Partizan Belgrade legend Dante Exum, who, by the way, has a higher NBA 2K uh, ranking than, let's say, KCP. Good, good for Dante. Dante is a really good player. It's. I was a bit surprised, to be honest. So the framework here is for Zeke Nadzi, Vlatko Tantor, and a couple of second rounders. Now, Jordan, do you think this is this is enough for both Dwight Powell and Dante Exum, who I, I could see both of those guys playing playoff minutes? I mean, yeah, but I don't know. The, the Mavericks are hard to figure out because they've swapped guys in and out a lot. Um, Dwight Powell's a guy that they always seem to like reluctantly keep paying with the contract and like they still got he still got a couple years left on a deal that they may not want to pay him is kind of my thought on him um and then exum is yeah he's had kind of a resurgence but um it just depends i again i think uh it depends on what they're trying to do Uh, i mean i don't know that this is enough but i made i actually more made this trade as a uh, example of what i feel like most fans think is possible and uh, oh. would probably actually require those picks to be more of a, uh, a, a, a probably at least a first is probably what would actually take to get something like this done. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's the type of thing you can catch a team at a bad moment. And this would be the type of thing you can maybe pull off. Cause I could see them seeing like a Zeke for Powell as a potentially even swap still long-term money, but Zeke is younger and gives them more potential and a little more defensive versatility. But um, yeah. I don't know. It's Mavericks are hard to figure out too because I really don't know what they're trying to do. So true. What, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I think this one you'd probably need a first round pick to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, Exum, I think, has started uh, maybe a dozen games or something for them this year, and he's done. He's kept his turnovers real low, uh, really doing everything he could ask, and he's on a really nice contract. So. Um, when you take into account the players you're getting and you're kind of getting off that Zeke Naji long-term money, I'd say this one probably needs a first round pick involved. Uh, so this would probably be a little bit above Denver's uh, ability to pull off before this deadline. Yeah. yeah. It would be nice. It would be nice though. Yeah. And ultimately I just don't think there's going to be much in the way of a trade that is really possible for Denver, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Let's outside, move to the next yeah, outside one. Outside of maybe clearing the roster spot, you know. So I'm not sure if 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 I'm really serious about this one, but this is Dick Nagy and Justin Holiday for Danilo Gallinari. And I'm not sure how well Gallinari Gallo is playing right now. It's just I, I want Gallo to get one championship with the Nuggets. So maybe this is the main sentiment why I made this kind of a fake trade. What what do you think, Jordan? I mean, I've brought up get bringing Gallo in because at this point he can practically play like small ball center for you because he's got yeah. the height and he can't move like he used to. So you almost have to play him there. Um, but I just don't know that he has much left in him. Um, I mean, if all you're giving up is Zeke and Justin Holiday, sure, why not? But um, I also don't know if the Pistons are looking to move him because I thought they brought him in to kind of help be a little bit of a veteran presence, but. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I I do it probably. So, 
What a Although the, Detroit does love their uh, project bigs, though, right? So maybe give them Zeke and yeah, what, one more project. Yeah, that that's a good idea. <laughs> that's what they need. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is an interesting one. I think this one to me reads like a salary dump, basically. Yeah. Uh, of Zeke mm-hmm. when we're talking long term salary, just because everyone else here is an expiring deal. True. Uh, I probably have to throw in an extra second rounder from Denver. Uh, to make this feel like it fits. Um, but I don't know that Detroit would do it. I think they, so they traded uh, Marvin Bagley, right, to Washington. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to shed some of that front court depth to kind of make things a little clearer on how they want to move forward with that front court. Uh, so I'd say they probably wouldn't want a guy like Zeke for that reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a salary dump is basically how I'd read it. There are other salary dumps that maybe Denver will look at. So, Okay. I believe we have a couple more. Maybe this is the last one. Not sure. So this is, this is, this is just because there was a rumor that the Nuggets are interested in Royce O'Neal from the Nets. And it's really difficult because his contract is quite large. It's 9.5 million. So I was just trying to make some kind of a framework how how that could be possible. And it's probably impossible because I had to give away four guys from the Nuggets, Zeke, Naji, and Vlatko Chantar to the Nets, and then Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson to the Spurs. And then the Nets get uh, Sandro Mamukelashvili from the Spurs and a second rounder from the Nuggets. And the Spurs also get the second rounder from the Nuggets. Um, I, 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 I believe Jordan likes uh, Royce O'Neal. I just want to ask mm-hmm. Jake, is this completely impossible to make, like, to get four guys off your roster and get only one back? Well, I mean, it's not impossible, but uh, I would I would bet against it happening. Uh Three team deals are notoriously difficult to pull off. Uh, the other thing you have to take into account is the amount of ro- open roster spots that this would leave because then you have to sign guys to make up those those holes, and that adds to your cap. And Denver has to stay under the second tax apron because they signed Reggie Jackson uh, uh-huh. using the mid-level. So it just becomes really sticky um, on how to pull something like this off. Um and I don't think Denver is needy enough that they can move, you know, a quarter of their roster. I don't I don't think they need to do that. At most, I think maybe two guys they'd move this week. And and I don't even know that they'll do that. So Yeah, that's true. No, this that's seems true. like the type of trade that is that is the sign that you need to step away from the trade machine for a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to take a break. It's time to take a break. Okay, yeah. I believe we have one more. No, two more, actually. So this is from Jordan. So again, the Bulls, both Andre Drummond and Tori Craig. And the Bulls... Again, probably some picks involved. Zeke, Naji, Vladko, Chancho, and some picks. So, uh, Jordan, h- how many picks do you think this would take? Bulls are another team that are hard to figure out, but it would probably be two. Just one to kind of take on Zeke and a second to kind of the value of those two guys. Um, I, the Bulls, I feel like, are trying to roll some 
are might be at the point where they need to roll some dice with their, you know, their fringe guys just to see if they can find something that works if they're not going to trade the big names. So they're a team that's probably worth giving a call to and see what's what's available and what they're looking for. So, yeah. Jake, what do you feel about Tori Craig returning to the Nuggets? Would he be instantly in the playoff rotation because he's like Michael Malone's favorite guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, if you kind of take away the, the Michael Malone element, I don't think Tory Craig is a rotation guy in the playoffs. Would he be under Michael Malone? Maybe uh, just because of the past relationship and style of play there. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth. Would it take three second rounders? Would it take two? I know it would take at least two. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Tory Craig cheap on a couple, a uh, couple years on his deal. So you do like that little bit of cost control. We talked about Drummond earlier, so no need to dig into that super hard. Um, but yeah, um, I think definitely there could, if they were to look at a Drummond deal, uh, there could easily be someone else involved in it uh, coming back to Denver uh, that makes just a little bit of money. And and Craig is an example of oh. that. So. We got some breaking news that might be relevant to this. Uh, okay. Zach Levine is undergoing season ending surgery. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 bad news. Bad news for Zach. But and it hopefully might he... make the Bulls more interested in trading guys off. So, maybe, but they've been playing pretty good without Zach. So, I don't know about that. It's true. That that might push them into into trying to get into play playing again. Okay, uh, one last trade I believe we have, and it's it's my all-in move. So it's Reggie Jackson, first time uh, first time appearing on the trade machine, and Zeke Nagy, Alex Caruso, and Tori Craig coming back to to the Nuggets, and the Nuggets giving away. F- five second round picks because I believe Alex Caruso will be a high commodity on this trade deadline. So they they can probably get at least one first round pick for him. So this is why I I, I inflated the amount of second rounders here. What do you think, Jordan? Um, I mean, I would do it. I don't think the Bulls would. <laughs> I think... Uh they'd be looking for at least a first, if not more than one first, um, whether they'd get that or not. I think that's what they're looking for. And um, I don't think they'd probably trade him otherwise. So so Jake, is there any way, any scenario you could, you could see Alex Caruso coming to Denver? Uh, I would say no, unless you're trading like a Peyton Watson. Um. You know, maybe you could work something around that where he's kind of the first round value, maybe some second rounders in there. Uh, but barring that, which I don't think the Nuggets will do, uh, I would say everybody can take their Caruso trades and just throw them in the trash because I don't <laughs> think it's happening. Um, one name I would watch for, not necessarily for the Nuggets, but just overall, uh, if a team isn't able to get Caruso, I think Davian Mitchell from Sacramento might be kind of like a 
good secondary option. Like, oh, we missed out on Caruso. You know, maybe let's go over here and see this guy's a little cheaper. What can we do to get him? So um, that's a name I'd watch for teams that either can't afford Caruso um, or failed to get him. Um, but yeah, I, I do not believe Caruso will be coming to the Nuggets this week. So. Yeah, Devin Mitchell had a really, really good rookie season, and he kind he of fell down after that. But yeah, he's he's a bit on the smaller side, but but I I, I could see a, a good team uh, talking themselves into trading for him. Jordan, you mentioned to me before the show that there's one guy the Nuggets would not need to trade for, and he's not a buyout guy as well. So I'm guessing it's a guy that's not in the NBA at all right now. So, yes, so who is but he? he was, uh, uh, well, what they said they were in, in the market for, they, they kind of leaked that recently, was that they needed a big man and a little offense off the bench is kind of what they're hoping for. Blake Griffin hasn't signed to a team this year. He's a guy that is smart. He's a solid passer. He's a big guy. could play center for you. I'd, feel relatively comfortable him getting a few minutes in the playoffs even at his older age and he's out there and you know if, if you could create the roster spot i'd he'd come back and join his uh lob city buddy too with dj so um i don't know he's just a guy i've seen all season as a potential option for, to help with their front court depth but yeah I, I really like that interestingly enough when he was playing on for the celtics he wasn't playing small minutes. He just played a small number of games. He would pay, play like for mm-hmm. 15, 18 minutes, but like every fifth game <laughs> of the mm-hmm. season. And I guess that that was the way to manage his health. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Jake, I mean, just, just quickly, uh, uh, what's the easiest way for the Nuggets to free up a roster spot in order to sign anybody that's not, you know, under contract? Yeah, well, I think the easiest way would just be, um, you know, waving somebody. That's It gets really tough trying to pick out who you'd want to wave. Uh, my first instinct would be probably Justin Holiday, But, you know, he's getting minutes here and there. You know, I don't know if you want to cut him. The other thing you could look at is, uh, you know, I know we j- you just drafted him, but like a Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett. Could you trade those somewhere, one of those guys somewhere, and just get a heavily protected second rounder back? You know, yeah. maybe. Maybe there's a team that likes what they've done in the G League and and uh, would take on one of those guys for a protected second round pick. Um, I'd say those would be the two easiest ways to free up a spot. Okay, okay. That, that's enough fake trading. Uh, unless, Jake, you have uh, some... Uh hot guy you would like to talk about that that came out wrong uh some somebody who you really like to see on the nuggets before the trade deadline yeah it's interesting i feel like every year there there's one guy i kind of pick out and i say he's probably attainable but i don't think they'll get there for him and i think the guy this year for me is Corey kispert from the wizards um Apparently, outside of a couple of their young guys, that whole roster is up for sale, basically. Uh, I think Corey Kispert gives you a lot of what Julian Strother gives you, but just in a more 
ready right now, like he can play for you right now in the playoffs. Um, and I think that would be a deal that would cost you Julian Strother. I think you could sell that to the Wizards and say, hey, this is like a younger version of what you'd be giving us. You know, this deal makes sense for both of us to do. Um, so Strother, Strother for Kispert, that's kind of like, again, I don't think it'll happen, but that's kind of like my highest value deal that I feel like the Nuggets could theoretically do. Um, a couple other names, either on the buyout market or via some small trade I had written down, um, were Jalen Smith, who's a front court depth piece, uh, Patty Mills, who's just a shooter. Uh, that one could definitely be a buyout situation. Uh, and then Dennis Smith Jr., who's in Brooklyn. Uh, he'd be like your third string point guard, kind of insurance in case, you know, Reggie gets hurt or, you know, knock on wood, Jamal gets hurt and you have to put Reggie in the starting lineup. It'd be really hard to slide Gillespie or Pickett in there for a lot of minutes. So uh, Dennis Smith could be kind of some insurance policy. But uh, yeah, those are the only names that I had. Yeah, the, the the guy I was thinking about, and I have no idea why Orlando would would buy him out, would be Joe Ingles. Like mm -hmm. I would really like to see Joe Ingles on the Nuggets, and you know, uh, get more support from from our crazy Aussie fans, <laughs> as it, Nuggets fans from from Australia. Okay, so uh, this was super fun for me, and everybody knows uh, who are the. Uh, who is the nugget each one hate the more because of the trades we just uh, showed. I'm, I'm kidding. This is the premise of the show. We did not come here just to say we love everybody, keep everybody and add a bunch of former nuggets back too. That's not how the NBA rosters work. Jake, uh, would you like to promote something before we go? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, you can follow me on my uh, ex formerly known as Twitter account. Uh, I'll post out cool stats there and um, definitely keep people updated on what I'm doing. So, yeah, some some really cool stats over there. Jordan, any any parting words? Um, no, I mean this was fun. Like I said, I think it's going to be kind of a boring deadline for the Nuggets, but it's kind of fun to think about. And um, who knows? I mean, it's you know we've got our main guys. It's just figured out that what could fill in the gaps if we need them to. So. Yeah, I, I've said it many times. I don't expect anything to happen. And sometimes something always happens. Like some small thing always, always happens. We got Reggie Jackson last last buyout. And that was pretty exciting before he didn't play a lot in the playoffs. But now we see why he was brought there. Okay. To you, my dear listener, thank you for staying with us for all these 70 minutes. Have a great fun trade deadline. and. Meet, meet me again next week when we'll discuss the fallout of the NBA's trade market. Give us a like on your way out and see the Monagetsi.